Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within, to seek out new joys and new methods of awakening, to boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome once more, Awareness Explorers. I'm glad that you're here with us. I am Jonathan Robinson, and I'm here with my friend and cosmic compadre, Brian Tom O'Connor. And we are here to explore the subject of fear. And fear is such a big subject, there's so much to talk about. And what I like to do before I blab and blab is always ask Brian, when you think about fear, awareness, or fear in life, what's the first thing that pops into your head? Well, I guess the first thing that pops into my head is that our strategies to get rid of fear often don't work. I think uh, fear thrives on our resistance to it. Well, the old statement, what you resist persists. Uh, I'm afraid so. It seems to be true. Uh-huh. You know, the first thing that comes to my mind, now, I've looked into this subject a lot. I've written a book about it. I, I taught a class called Risking the Art of Being More Fully Alive, which is all about facing fear. I taught it for 10 years. And so I've, I've studied this. Uh, unfortunately, I'm still the victim of it because it's such a big subject. I mean, first of all, what we call fear can be called by other names, such as anxiety or worry, or terror, or stress, but they're all elements of fear, but then so are things like fear of loss, or rejection, or fear of failure, or fear of inadequacy, or fear of intimacy, or fear of emotions, or fear of embarrassment, or fear of boredom, <laughs> or fear of letting go, or fear of losing your ego, or body fears, or fears of in inadequacy, whatever it is. There's, there's a lot that goes into this big category that we label in one word, fear, just like, you know, we, we use one word to describe everything from our love of pizza to our love of God to our love of our dog, they should be kind of given unique names. But in one way, they are similar in that they all involve resistance to what is. Yes. That's right. And as a matter of fact, well, that's a lot of list of fears. That's a Oh boy, that's a whole lot of fear there. But um, I, I think that it might be useful to break it down into two. I think that there is a kind of a of a primal physical fear that's actually necessary that helps us jump out of the way of an oncoming bus or an attacking tiger and creates adrenaline in the body, etc. That's actually useful and that we actually need. And the other stuff, everything else. The other 99%. Uh, the other 99% is stuff about the past and the future. And it's all, I think, thought-based. Yeah. I'll go even farther that we'll call it bo uh, required bodily fears. If you want yes. to stay on this plane of existence, then there's the psychological fears. Everything from fear of failure, rejection, embarrassment, boredom, 
etc. And then there's even spiritual fears, like the fear of losing your ego. And they're all very different. And I think a person can get really good at dealing with one of those types of fears and completely terrible at the others. Like I know people who skydive, hang glide, whatever, you know, uh, like they're eating a meal. But when it comes to, say, letting go of some worry, they can't do it. Yes, that's right. Um, some people are are are, uh, are afraid of public speaking who might be not afraid of climbing a sheer rock face. Yeah, yeah. So there's psychological, spiritual fears. And I think what we what we're afraid of in life keeps changing. You know, one time I was afraid of of speaking. I was that shy. I don't have that problem anymore. Have you noticed? I noticed that about you. <laughs> oh, now I'm experiencing my fear of rejection, but I'm fine with that too, Brian. No, I think the fact that you like to talk <laughs> and are articulate is a gift. Okay, good. But um, speaking of fear of rejection, you know, I was very shy growing up. And at one point around being a teenager, I wanted to overcome this shyness. I don't think I've told the story on Awareness Explorers about um, how in half an hour my life changed because I decided with the help of a friend to get over my fear of rejection. And you know, when we talk about ways to overcome fears, one of them is just to face them head on and see that they're paper tigers. Because in our head, fears can seem huge and overwhelming. But when we face them, we see that uh, most of the time we live. So when I was in college, a friend of mine said, I'll treat you to a trip to Hawaii if you get over your fear of rejection. I said, really? And he said, yeah, if you get rejected by 10 women today, I'll treat you to a trip to Hawaii. You know, face it fully and see that there's nothing there. So I took him up on this and make a long story short, uh, I was so afraid that I was literally shaking and sweating as I approached the first woman, my voice cracked. I go, hello, like that. She sees me <laughs> shaking and sweating. And she says, are you all right? Do you need an ambulance? Because she <laughs> thought I was having a seizure. <laughs> I said, no, no, don't call. Don't call a doctor. Don't call an ambulance. And um, eventually got out uh, you know, would you like to go out? And she said, you know, thank you, but I have a boyfriend. Are you sure you're all right? Can I, you know, get you a drink of water or something? Anyway, so I got my first rejection and I then realized something important. A, I was alive and B, I hadn't taken a breath in a couple minutes and I was about to faint. So I took a couple breaths. I kept repeating this and with any fear that you face over and over again, it gets easier whether it's a fear of failure or rejection or even the fear of intimacy. You know, if you face enough, you, you get better. So I kept on getting rejections and was feeling really good because I was getting over this. And the seventh woman I approached, by now I kind of had a script. And I said, hey, you look really nice and I'm new here. Would you like to go out sometime? And she said, Sure. And it had not occurred to me, someone might say, sure, I had no script for that. So I said, sure what? 
And she said, yeah, I'd like to go out with you. I go, really? And, you know, she writes down her number. Now I'm feeling great. And from then on, because I was so feeling so good, I had no fear since I was trying to get rejected. I kept on getting dates. I got eight straight dates. Wow. Never had asked a woman out in my life. And now I have eight straight dates. Now I have a new problem. I have to get three more rejections or I can't go to Hawaii. So I put on some water, did the shaking routine, got three final rejections, <laughs> went to Hawaii, had a great time. But more important, you know, people always ask me, how'd you interview the Dalai Lama or Mother Teresa or Deepak Chopra or Wayne Dyer, all those people I interviewed? And I said, well, when I was 17, I took a half an hour to get over my fear of rejection and it changed the course of my life. I think that's true that a lot of us have all these fears which are kind of invisible to us. You know, fear of failure, rejection, fear of loss. And by facing them or overcoming them, it changes the course of your life. Now, one of those fears might be the fear of letting go of personality or letting go of what you consider your identity or ego. And that's, a, that's why we call spiritual fear. But even when you face these psychological fears, it, it opens up your life to new possibilities rather quickly. Although I don't think you need to overcome a lot of those in order to awaken. What do you think? I don't think you necessarily need to overcome them either. I think you really have to see who is afraid. Because I think awakening is about an identity shift from the ego personality slash body to universal consciousness and or to an awareness that is not afraid, that's already okay with what's going on. So that you're, you're allowing infinite space for fear to be or you're noticing what that part is deep within you that is already giving fear infinite space. Yeah, and the ability to not identify fully with whatever fear is currently up is what allows you to awaken. Now, I think handling your psychological fears or overcoming some of them or facing them is helpful in that process because it's a similar process. You know, the mind, when you face any fear, the mind goes crazy. It complains, you know, I don't want to lose this person. I don't want to uh, be vulnerable. I don't want to face rejection. And by facing those fears, you see that you survive. So why not face this other, other order fear called losing your ego or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you see that, well, in a way you don't survive, <laughs> but, <laughs> but something survives and it's a whole lot more free than what you were identifying with before. Right. Well, I would love to talk about the fear of, of losing the ego, uh, but first I just want to, I just want to say, well, let's talk a little bit about this idea of facing your fear, because I think that there's actually two ways of doing it. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. Mm -hmm. One is finding out what you're afraid of and doing it anyway, just as in your example, yeah. where you realize that your fear is made of straw, that it is that you don't die, as you said, 
And I think that's a good and effective way. And there are times when I've done that, and there are times when I have not been able to do that. The other method that you could also call facing your fear is being with your fear, is asking yourself, could I drop any strategy to get rid of this fear right now and sort of dive into it? Notice it. Where is it in your body? What does it feel like? And really allow it to be there and experience it fully and then bring it to awareness by asking in what does it appear? And I think they can both be helpful at different times, maybe for different types of fear. One is a practical method and one is a, a sort of spiritual deep dive of, of going into the fear and just really being with it. Yeah, I think that's a, a wonderful summary. And as we've often said on this podcast, I think both those strategies can be useful in different circumstances. And as we've often said on this podcast, when you have two different approaches, they can complement each other like two wings of a plane. And if you only do one of them, it kind of leaves you with like just one arm. You're not as flexible in life. You, you don't have necessarily the right tool in the right situation. Mm -hmm. You know, you can also do things like talk therapy, which I think can be helpful where you're increasing, getting more awareness of fears and how they are operating you so they don't work in the dark. Uh, I think that can be useful. Another thing that can be useful for facing fears is to learn the skill of facing them by breaking them into very, very small bits. You know, let's say you have a fear of public speaking. Well, yeah, if you're going to go out and speak to a thousand people, you know, you might be very afraid, but try speaking to two people and then try speaking to three people and then five people. And yes. once again, whatever you do enough times, you tend to get better at and less afraid of. Right. That's very good advice, I think, and, and, and quite practical. And I also like your, your two wings analogy again. Um, but I do think that as far as there are times when we can't accept the fact that we're afraid and we, and we think that we must get rid of fear in order to be to awaken or to, to have a spiritual life. And, and that comes into the, I think, the secondary fear or what I call fear of fear or the idea that fear shouldn't be or the idea that I shouldn't be afraid. And like all of these ideas of what shouldn't be or should be, they're really obstacles to living fully present in the moment, in reality. Yeah, you know, I, I like what you said. And um, a friend of mine was telling me about an interaction she had with Ajashanti. And, uh, you know, she's a, a close student of his. And his leg was kind of uh, shaking or, you know, like sometimes people kind of have a nervous leg or something. And she said, 
what's going on with your leg? And he said, oh, that's just anxiety. <laughs> and she, you know, here, this is Adyashanti, you know, not, not somebody who uh, you would normally think might have anxiety, but anxiety can go through him. It's just his reaction to it is, it's just, you know, sensations moving through a body and it has nothing to do with me. That's right. And to Adyashanti, that anxiety may not be happening to the one he's truly identified with. It might just be happening to the body that has the name Adyashanti, but not yeah. to his true nature, which so, is larger and can witness it. So we all have a relationship with fear. And for most people, their relationship could be described as 100% master, fear, and servant, me. You know, so if I'm afraid of, of being myself, fear's in charge. If I'm afraid of rejection or failure, fear's in charge. If I'm afraid of being embarrassed, fear's in charge. Or here's a big one nowadays, fear of boredom. You know, how wow. long can the average person sit without needing to do something on their phone? They've <laughs> studied this. It's about nine seconds. <laughs> right. So fear, in a way, fear is running you, but we don't know it. And unfortunately, it's also running me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but who are uh, you? Well, that's the question. So if if I'm totally identified with being the ego personality of Jonathan, fear is running me. If I happen to be a consciousness or awareness or soul or any of these names we might give ourselves in a higher way, then fear is doing stuff, but that's not who I am. And I'm not I'm no longer subjugated to its miseries as much. Yes, very wise. I also think that there's an aspect of fear in our relationship to fear that we really see it as an enemy. And when it was installed, when certain fears came into our lives at a very, very young age, they were actually protecting us from threats because when mm. you're you know when you're two years old and 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 uh and you're you have a fear of abandonment and there's no, you don't have the skills to to do anything and and so the fear is possibly trying to protect you to prevent you from doing things that you actually can't handle and so in that sense if fear is trying to protect you fear actually loves you Mm. And that's a totally different relation to fear. Oh, wait a minute. Here's this feeling that I hate, that I want to reject. But maybe it's a signal from love trying to protect me from pain. It's just that perhaps it's out of date. Perhaps it's trying to protect me from a pain that's not real anymore, that isn't appropriate yeah. for, my, for my age. Right. And it's like a virus that's gone out of control. It never stopped right. and started to take over everything. Yeah. I agree that, um, and what we've heard from a lot of our guest explorers 
is that one of the main ways that they awakened was they noticed when fear came up in its many disguises, you know, uh, whatever thoughts or feelings and afraid of whatever they were afraid of, that instead of rejecting it or saying you shouldn't be there, they, they loved it into submission. <laughs> they Lovely. said, you know, like, like, oh, thank you so much. I honor you, but I'm okay now. You don't need to be here. And um, I can handle the, these feelings going through my body right now. I know that I'll be okay. And that's a that's a very spiritual relationship with fear. Not many people have that. No, but I think it really is a wise and wonderful way of being with fear. Yeah. Honoring yeah. it, as Pamela mm -hmm. Wilson said in our interview so many times, uh, that concept of honoring what is arising within you, even fear, even anxiety, uh, even thoughts about how things should be different. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't fight it. She, you know... Just honor it. In some circles, they say there's really only two feelings. There's love, which is openness to what is. And there's fear, which is constriction to what is. You know, I don't think I could say anything better than that. Ooh, I love that comment. I have no constriction towards that. <laughs> I, I just... When you said that, I just got a beautiful feeling. Oh, good, good. You know, another way of working with fear, especially if you're on a spiritual path, is to, you know, and you're trying to be more free, is to know and identify specifically what you're afraid of. And I think fear is just kind of this amorphous cloud sometimes, but we don't identify specifically like for example a couple of friends of mine that I'm close to uh, recently moved away and I was feeling grief grief is a form of fear like I might not have that experience with them again I was thinking okay what you know but I was asking what am I afraid of really and it came down to I'm afraid that I won't have that level of depth in my life anymore. And then I could kind of look at and do the Byron Katie thing. Is that true? Mm. No, I'm pretty good at having depthful moments. So it's not really true. Or, you know, if you're asking somebody out on a date and you're terrified of rejection, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid? I'm afraid that their opinion of me is actually correct, but they don't even know me. You know, why am, I, why am I afraid of that? So sometimes inquiring into your fears and seeing that they're made of all kinds of faulty, ridiculous ideas can be a way of using your awareness to lessen your fears and become more free. What do you think? No, absolutely. It makes so much sense. Just that in that question, is it true, can be so useful in, in, in what you describe. And we can, because, you know, I mean, if we, if we take the second kind of fear and the first, the, you know, we rule out the primal fear, 
the bodily chemical fear, and we talk about all the other fears, it's thought that creates them. They're made of thought. And when we challenge our thinking and we ask, is it true? Really, over and over and deeply, I think you're right. I think it can be um, a very effective tool. You may have heard this before, but there's an acronym for fear, which uh, F-E-A-R, which is false evidence appearing real. Yes, that's, that's very good. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun, fun acronym. And um, yeah, I, I, so, so, you know, to me, knowing that fear is made of thoughts and that thoughts necessarily aren't real because they're all pretty much based on the past, which doesn't exist, and the future, which doesn't exist. And that the fear of fear is worse than fear. The idea that fear shouldn't be. And there's a real simple antidote to that. I don't think this is going to work for everybody, but try it, it might. I call it SBFD for so big friggin' deal. Uh-huh. So I'm afraid. So right. SBFD. Why why should I not be afraid? Who says I shouldn't be afraid? Where is the rule that says fear shouldn't be here? No. What, fear is here. Wasn't that on the 10 commandments? <laughs> Thou shalt not be afraid. Yeah. Um it should be. It should be commandment number 11 cuz ours go to 11. Yes, yes. Uh, it should be, thou, thou should be afraid when you have good reason to be afraid, and it's okay. <laughs> That's right. We'll That's have to true. work on the wording. Yeah. Why don't you work on that? Get out your uh, hammer and chisel. Okay, I'll do that. So there is, well, you know, it's interesting. Just this moment, I felt a little bit afraid. There was like a half second of pause. I didn't know what I was going to say. So uh -huh. using this technique, it would be like, okay. What am I specifically afraid of? Well, I'm specifically afraid of maybe having a moment of embarrassment. And what's your acronym? So big freaking deal? Yeah. So big freaking deal. Yeah. yeah so. I have a moment of embarrassment. Right. So? Get used In, to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, in some psychological uh, circles, they call that distress tolerance. Uh huh. But I just call it <laughs> SBFD. But I think it can be like a muscle because most of us don't have this fear tolerance. Our fear tolerance is very, very, very small. Yes. So we can't afford to face a failure or rejection or a comment from someone because we we go from okay to totally overwhelmed in a second yep and it can help to just kind of like oh yeah that's fear well that's yeah that's the old fear of uh rejection thing showing up again right. i like what you say like like you'll sometimes say oh yeah that's brian doing his thing again well, that's fear doing its thing again yeah. And and I think that, you know, there have been times when I've used your method. I remember when I was a little kid, I was afraid of jumping into the swimming pool and off the diving board. And I simply wouldn't do it. I just sat there at the end of the diving board, refusing to jump off. And my father just 
kept saying, no, you do it. You've just got to do it. You just got to do it. And he wouldn't let me get off the other end of that diving board. And finally yeah. I jumped off the diving board into the water. Cause he just, just yeah. talked me into it and I did, and it was fine. And, and I, you know, and for the rest of my life, I had no fear of jumping into the water and I spent a lot of time swimming and I love to swim, jumped, did cannonballs off the diving board and dives. But I didn't find that, 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 then automatically was a lesson I learned to apply to everything. There are some fears that I simply can't seem to apply that to. And, yeah. and what the only thing that saved me was getting over the idea that therefore there was no hope for me if I couldn't get over this fear. So it was, you know, okay, so you have this fear. It is part of this particular personality. Maybe someday you will overcome it. Maybe you won't. But is that the real you? And is that going to be an obstacle to awakening? And i that's why I answered earlier, I don't necessarily think fear needs to be an obstacle to awakening. I think you can, as Pamela says, honor it, be with it, and look deeper into the pure awareness that is your true nature. Well, in a certain way, that is overcoming it. So, Well, I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, know, it's I, just a different way. Yeah, yeah, it's just a different way. You know, I, so I taught this class called Risking for 10 years. And one of the things I saw was that people think of fear always as a big thing, but it, it's more of like we die a thousand small fears during the day. We don't say who we are. We don't say what we want. I see this in relationships. I do a lot of relationship counseling and people have a hard time saying who they are and what they want or being vulnerable. So in the class, I had people face fears in different areas of life, such as relationships. I had them face fear in their career. I had them face fear in uh, their body. Uh, I had them face fear in their spiritual beliefs, like go beyond what feels comfortable for you. Um, I had people face fear in their leisure time pursuits, try a new thing. You know, we don't, in a way, we're imprisoned by fear in a very small, repetitive world. And as we learn to step out of that prison of fear, we see that there's much more to life, possibly. And I think that teaching that risking class got me more interested in, like, absolute freedom. You know, I got the taste of freedom. And now I want more, I want more, you know, <laughs> and, and the ultimate freedom is that you're not identified with your petty thoughts and fears, and that you are instead identified with the peace of your true nature. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, you have so many insights about this fear thing. You said that you taught this class for 10 years. I think you should teach it again. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. I could face my fear of dying if I taught it during a pandemic. But um, <laughs> well, why not teach it online? You know, why not? Why not have that? Well, we why not? Because I have a fear of of um, trying to get everything together for a class online. But uh, hey, if people want me to teach it online, let me know, and I I, I could do that again. I really love this subject and. You know, it was a very popular class because it was very alive. People like to feel alive. And it got a reputation that really everybody was like in a similar position. We all have fear. What we're afraid of is different. 
whether you're the president of the United States or you're the bum on the street, it's really a question, can you face whatever you're currently afraid of so you can be more free? And what those fears are changes over time. And most of our listeners are now, can I let go of identifying with my ego a little bit in this moment? Can I relax my worrying mind so I can just be here now? And that's a very specific fear. But if you faced a lot of other fears, I think you kind of, there is a similarity. There's a similar taste in going against what is screaming in your head. <laughs> yep. For, for lack of a better word. That's a good word. And you mentioned um, letting go of ego, I think. Um, and yeah. I, that reminds me to circle back to something that we touched on a little bit before, which was the spiritual seekers fear of losing their ego and losing their identity, which I've heard people tell me about and many spiritual teachers have have said that they've encountered that mm -hmm. um and and often they say that it comes up before an awakening that intense fear of losing yourself and um i had a friend who talked about this and and i thought and thought about this and i came up with a, a, a possible solution to this, because I, I honestly don't think you actually lose your ego, you simply disidentify with it. So you're not really losing yourself. And, and this friend would say, but I don't want I don't want to lose myself. I like myself. I like the way I am. And I thought, well, do you really you, you don't you don't really have to imagine a character in a book or a movie that you really like and you just love this character or a famous person that you like and admire, when there's a shift of identity to pure awareness, that personality is still there. And instead of being something you identify with or something that completely disappears, it can simply be a character that you like and admire and that you can enjoy its particular talents and tolerate its particular failings and enjoy being, enjoy noticing it the way it just is in the world. Yeah, your personality and ego becomes your servant rather than your master. Yes, that's right. And your, and not your true self. Mm-hmm. Just, but, but also not something that needs to go away and needs to disappear. And so therefore, the personality, mind, body, ego, all that individual self stuff that has its own, you know, likes and dislikes and preferences and skills and abilities can be set free to interact in the world. You don't have to shut that that off. It can enjoy, it can feel pain and happiness and sorrow and, and, and love and ecstasy and just the satisfaction of doing something well, but you don't need to have your happiness dependent upon the outcome of whatever it does, because you know that's not your real true nature. That's, uh, that's a good thing to strive for or to or to just let go into, or or it's like taking off a tight shoe. 
<laughs> I like that. Ah, oh, yeah, what a relief. Speaking of taking off a tight shoe, um, is now a good time for you to lead us in a meditation on how to deal with fear? Yeah, I'd love to uh, do a little guided meditation. Thanks. So I call this meditation, Now, Here, This. And it's a guided meditation to help you when fear and anxiety arise by leading you to the calm, safe, infinite space of the present moment. And as I mentioned, I call this meditation, Now, Here, This, as in now, period, here, period, this period. Now as in right now, not the past, not the future. Here as in where your body is right now. And this meaning exactly what is appearing in your awareness right now without imagining anything else from the past or the future. So let's go through each of these in detail. First, just take a couple of easy, deep breaths and relax. Feel free to close your eyes if you're not driving. And just for a moment, see if you can focus on right now the present moment without thoughts of the past or the future. If you like, you can imagine a circle of now and you're in it. When thoughts of the past or the future try to lead you out of the circle, just imagine that they're made of mist and have no power to drag you very far out. Simply take a breath, step back into the circle, letting the wispy past and future thoughts drift away, dissolve, disappear. Ask yourself, Am I safe right now without thoughts of the past or thoughts of the future? Just for a moment, notice your body. Notice where it is in space. Sitting on a chair or the floor or wherever. Notice the air around you. Notice that you are here where you are and not in some remembered place of the past or in some imaginary place of the future. Ask yourself, Am I safe right here without thoughts of the past or thoughts of the future?
just for a moment, take an inventory of this, meaning notice everything that's appearing in awareness right now, right here. If you're feeling fear, anxiety, or any other emotion, notice that it's appearing in awareness. Just for now, see if you can drop any attempt to get rid of it. Simply acknowledge that it's here and take a breath. What else is appearing in awareness right now? Notice any sounds you hear. Maybe the sound of my voice or sounds of birds or traffic outside your window. Notice that sounds too are appearing in awareness right now. Notice your body sensations, the weight of your body on the chair or floor or bed. Maybe there's a breeze on your skin or a tingling in your hands or feet or a rumbling in your stomach. Notice any sensations you feel in your body Notice that body sensations, too, are appearing in awareness right now. Notice your breathing. The steady in and out of your breath. Notice that your breathing, too, is appearing in awareness right now. Notice any smells that may be appearing. Notice that smells too are appearing in awareness right now. If your eyes are open, notice any sights that may be appearing. And if your eyes are closed, Notice the different shades of darkness appearing behind your eyelids. Notice that sights too are appearing in awareness right now. And it's all the same awareness, one undivided awareness. Notice this. Everything that is appearing is in your awareness right now. Only now. Only here. Only this.
anything that is not now, not here, not this, is simply a wisp of air. Let it drift away on its own, like mist in the sun. Stay with your body. Stay with your breathing. Stay with your senses. Now, here, this. You are safe right now. You are safe right here. This is safe. Now, take another easy, deep breath and open your eyes. And we'll rejoin Jonathan. I like the statement or the question, am I safe right now without thoughts of past or future? Yeah. That could be a whole daily mantra <laughs> to yourself. Yes, that's right. And we forget to ask that. Uh -huh. But so we forget. We'll remember again, remind ourselves. And the fear of looking crass, I do want to mention to our listeners that we have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash awareness explorers, where you can get bonus stuff by supporting us for as little as a dollar a month. And all the information is there on patreon.com slash awareness explorers. And uh, if you like this and you think it's valuable for your friends and family, this or other episodes, please tell them. Because uh, I bet you might know one or two people in your life who might be feeling some fear or anxiety. And uh, we threw in a lot of stuff today. Hopefully some of that can help the people you care about. Any last words, Brian? No, I just want to reiterate what you just said and say, yeah, I hope. I hope it helps. In this day and age, we need all the help we can get with fear and anxiety because boy, oh boy, is it rampant uh, in ourselves, in our families, in our country, in the world. And I hope that this little bit helps deal with it in some small way and might lead you to a larger spaciousness to handle to be with or to even overcome your fear. We're getting a lot of practice at it. So <laughs> well yeah, that's a good way of looking at things. Oh, oh, this is just practice to help me uh um be with fear or get over fear or handle it effectively. Yeah, okay. Just look at it as practice. <laughs> God is good. Reality is good. <laughs> Till next time, friends. Make sure you keep exploring. Keep exploring.
Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends, because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.